episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that is tirelessly working to bridge the gap of the multiverse so we can do a show with ourselves from another reality. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. I'm here, and uh, I think we actually could do that. I know. I'm actually... (laughs) I know. Like, we could do, like... I wonder, is it the top ten report on another reality? Is it, another, is it the top three report? And the uh, you got to remember, man, for every decision we make, the opposite decision spawns off another reality, and that <laughs> is how the multiverse works. Um, I think this is our uh, year two special, or episode 200 or something. I, we've already, have we passed two years at this point? We have passed two years at this okay, point. So um, episode 200, that's what it'll be. It'll be true and Peter uh, versus... Drew and Peter from another universe, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Sorry, I had a bit of a cough there. I tried to get that out before the show. Um, yeah, so we have a ton, a ton of DC news because of DC fandom hit and lots of stuff to discuss. So let's oh. literally, like, let's not waste any time, man. What did you watch? What are we reading? Go. Okay, so I'll try to keep it short. Um I've mostly still been watching Comic Book Men since last week, and I will probably continue to do that till I have rewatched the full series. Right now, I'm somewhere in season two, and it's awesome. Um, I watched one episode of this new documentary series on Netflix called High Score. Um, are you familiar with this at all? I know of it. I've never watched it, though. Okay. So um, how about this? Fun. I know of it, and it made me go, ooh, I gotta see this, and then I just haven't had a chance to sit down yet. Because I watched, I actually watched a lot of stuff. So, oh, nice. yeah, so go ahead. Um, so, yeah, it's basically a limited documentary series about the history of video games, which is pretty cool. You know, you have a bunch of, I think they're, they're either half an hour and an hour. I kind of lost track of time while watching the first one, so I'm not sure, and I feel bad for saying that. But that's a good thing because the first episode was interesting enough that I lost track of time because... The thing is, I've watched a couple different documentaries about the history of uh, how video games were made, so I kind of went into this series thinking like, oh, I probably kind of basically know all of this, but it'll still be fun to watch. And uh, I was actually wrong because they talked about a lot of stuff that I had never heard of before. Like, one of the craziest parts was they talked about the, the guy who's allegedly like the first person to... I guess, develop a video game uh, system with interchangeable cartridges. It actually wasn't um, Atari. It was actually this other guy who was working for a smaller company. And uh, his uh, system that he was working on kind of just got lost in the shadow of Atari. And it was kind of, there's a couple different details about stuff like that where I was just like, oh, wow, I haven't heard of any of this. Like, this is actually super interesting. Um, They also reveal... The guy who invents uh, Pac-Man, who invented Pac-Man, is on there, and he confirms that 
he got the idea of uh, Pac-Man from a uh, a pizza pie that he took one slice of pizza off of, <laughs> and then he saw the shape of Pac-Man, and that's where his vision began. And I thought that was just such a cool little factoid. That's so awesome. um, yeah, yeah, definitely check out High Score when you get a chance. I think it's uh, it's really good. That's awesome. Um, is that all you want? Yeah, I had one more thing. Uh, this one I'll have to keep really short because it's uh, would involve spoilers. But I watched another movie. I don't know if this is a Netflix original movie or not, but it's called One Br. Or um, I guess you could call it. I guess that's short for One Bedroom. But it's about this girl who moves to L.A. and it's about the apartment she gets. And uh, it basically the movie takes a very weird horrific turn and i don't want to say too much because i don't want to give too much away but uh okay it's definitely really suspenseful and very interesting like the movie feels like it's going to be a slow burn at first and then about 15 minutes in you're just totally engrossed with how suspenseful and uh kind of ridiculous it gets so So one br one br okay yeah yeah give it a chance or one bedroom it's probably supposed to be one bedroom but i'd call it one br because i'm an idiot <laughs> gotcha all right yeah um that's honestly it for me this week how about you all right so i watched a little bit more of mr iglesias on netflix um oh nice the show's funny um as it enrique. continues on uh, enrique gabriel iglesias <laughs> i thought i had finished the season and then the second season started or i thought i'd finished the show and then the next season started i was like oh i got more to go um, so I've just been enjoying that and it's been a slow burn. So, I mean, nothing like nothing pressing to get through that. Um, and then I watched because of DC fandom, I watched a ton of DC stuff. Well, not a ton. I've just been kind of like in a comic book mood. So, nice. um, awesome. I've been catching up on some comics, reading some stuff. Um, I never finished Peter's J. De- J. Tomasi's Batman and Robin run from new 52. So I jumped back into that and started reading a little bit more. And then, um, I watched uh, Deathstroke, Knights and Dragons, the most recent uh, DC animated uh, film, um, straight-to-home consumption animated film. Mm-hmm. It's really hyper-violent and awesome. Cool. Um, <laughs> what it's, is, because uh, I haven't seen the trailer or anything for it, so Knights and Dragons, is it like medieval-themed somehow? Or like well, it's uh, it covers, so it covers Deathstroke's origin it covers deathstrokes the origin of his kids uh rose and jericho um it covers how they got their abilities it covers um knights and dragons actually is a reference to his son uh from because his son was into this knights and dragons is actually this book that his son was into as a kid um that he would read to his kid before bed and night that kind of thing so it's really like a look at deathstroke as a character and the tragic and the tragedy of his life because of what he turned himself into um okay so he it's so in terms of other dc characters rose wilson's in it obviously jericho's in it obviously um but like bronze tiger's in it and there's so there's a few other characters lady shiva's in it um but not the normal mainstream ones that you would expect to see from a DC film if you're looking for mainstream superheroes. But if you know DC's mythos and you know about Deathstroke and stuff, then you're kind of in the right place. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. So that's really, you know, I really enjoyed it. Um, then because of DC, I started watching Harley Quinn, uh, the animated show off of um, DC Universe, which has now moved over to HBO Max. Um, yeah. It's absolutely hysterical. 
Uh Um, It is incredibly violent, incredibly gory, um, heavy, heavy bad language. Um, (laughs) So know that going in. And it's really funny because Kaylee Cuoco from Big Bang Theory voices Harley Quinn. And uh, to hear her yell some of the things that Harley Quinn, you know, says is awesome. Poison Ivy is probably one of my favorite characters in the show. I've never been that big of a Poison Ivy fan, but how they're handling her on this show, it's so funny. Um, and then, okay. and then bizarrely, Kite Man has become kind of like that. You know how when you watched uh, Thor Ragnarok and we all fell in love with Cord and we're like, man, this guy's awesome. What's what's he gonna say yeah. next? That's how Kite Man is in this show. <laughs> And you're just like, where's more Kite Man? And it's so funny because he was talking to Poison Ivy and he's like, I think it, and Kite Man actually has a line where he goes, I think it's great how we all have a power. You control plants, I have a kite, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) and Poison Ivy's like, I think it's amazing that you think having a kite is a superpower. Um, (laughs) um, There's just some really good subtle lines. Um, It's been a fun show. I thought I was at the series finale, and then the second season started. I didn't know they made a second season. So, um, because my plan was to have it all watched before we sat down tonight. So when I get done here, I'm going to go watch some more Harley Quinn. Um, That's great. (laughs) However, now, bringing up the fact that Kaylee Cuoco voices Harley Quinn in this show, she... She's the second person from Big Bang Theory to voice Harley Quinn because uh, Melissa Rauch, who plays Bernadette on the Big Bang Theory, voiced Harley Quinn for the Batman Harley Quinn movie. Um, Yeah, I think I've heard that. That's uh, kind of interesting. (laughs) And it was very odd to me because they were doing Batman and Harley Quinn movie and Kevin Conroy was voicing Batman, but then you weren't having Tara Strong and it kind of bugged me. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh, no, it's fine. It works for me. It's great. And then when they did this show and they were like, it's Kaylee Cuoco, I'm like, that's odd. So, but it's awesome. And I almost like, I almost prefer Kaylee Cuoco's voice for Harley at this point. So. Okay, that's, uh, that's actually really good to hear. Yeah, and uh, Diedrich Bader, who voiced Batman in Batman Brave and the Bold, the cartoon, um, he yeah. is voicing Batman for the Harley Quinn show. So um, it's just kind of nice to have him back. So oh, that's, just that's actually really cool. And some, it sounds like it, it'll just fit perfectly <clears throat> yeah. with the um, tone of the show. Uh, yeah, so it's all just it just kind of works out in general. So, um, yeah. Um, That's awesome. I'm still working on uh, getting HBO Max on my TV, but when I do, I really want to watch the show, so (laughs) I'm glad to hear that it's really good. Yeah, it's really great, dude, and I highly recommend it. Uh, Just don't have the kids around when you do. Um, (laughs) That being said, um, make sure... um, The other other thing that I watched was um, the movie Palm Springs on Hulu. Do you know what this is? Uh, I've seen it on Hulu. I've never watched it. I have no idea what it actually is. Okay. So, so. I, I highly recommend watching this movie. This is, so it's Andy Samberg. It lo- it starts off, like, I thought it was in a Lonely Island movie. It is not. Um, so it starts off with Andy Samberg, and he's at a wedding. Uh, he's, like, basically a date at a wedding. And yeah. he's, like, a drunk mess, and it's just, it's a weird start to the movie. And he's just, like, doesn't care about anything. And he basically leaves his date to hook up with this other girl at the wedding. And then they're out doing this thing. And then something happens. And the girl wakes up the next morning in, like, a Groundhog Day time loop. <laughs> okay, another uh, one of these. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a Groundhog Day time loop. But this is where it's interesting. 
is she goes to find Andy Samberg and she goes, what did you do to me? And he goes, you know, it's that time loop thing. And what you find out is Andy Samberg has been trapped in the time loop so long that he doesn't remember what he does for a living, like for his job. Wow. So like he's been (laughs) trapped and he like, and his knowledge of this time, this, this one day is just insane. And, uh, the two of them, it's basically like, imagine having a, a love story within an unlimited time loop. <clears throat> um, the movie's really funny. Um, uh, uh, Camilla Mendez, who plays Veronica in um, uh, Riverdale, is in it, and then Tyler Hecklin, who plays Superman on the um, on the CW uh, superhero shows, he's in it. Um, there's a few other actors, but um, uh, J.K. Simmons is in it. Um, it's it's just a fun movie um, all around. Uh, you're gonna laugh, and it's it's pretty good. So. Um, yeah, I mean, the cast sounds awesome. I gotta, I want to check this out. I kind of laugh because there's been so many time loop movies in the last couple of years, but yeah, maybe I'll give this one a chance. Uh, the idea that he's been trapped for so long was really funny, so when she could ask him about stuff, he had stories about people because he's been studying them for so long and learning about their lives and trying to do things with them. It's been, it's been a real interesting uh, it was a real interesting sit to realize, oh, he's been in here for a long time um, and didn't know how to get out. And then she actually learns how to get out and that kind of stuff. So uh, cool stuff. Um, nice. But that's really all I got. Otherwise, it came down to watching DC fandom. So you ready to yes. roll into some news? All right. Absolutely. So that's the other thing is I watched. So in terms of our news, I watched almost all of DC fandom. I got pulled out of the room a couple times, and it was very like, okay, this is a panel I don't need to watch, and I ducked out. Um, okay. So, or they were talking about things that I was like, mm, not really what I shoot for, so I'm going to duck out the door. So I kind of made notes. Uh, we'll go through, like, highlight. I basically made notes for highlights and stuff that we needed to talk about. Um, okay. Before we get to DC Fandom, I got two news stories that I just wanted to bring up real fast. Um, first... Uh, Resident Evil is getting a Netflix series. Um, yes. Sounds like it's live action. Um, the It's going to be an eight-hour-long episode series, and it'll follow Jade and Billy Wexler, uh, Wesker, sorry, the daughters of uh, Umbrella Corporation's Albert Wesker, and a story that spans the decades and holds dark secrets, as they worded it. Um, I think that's not... <clears throat> I saw some hate online for this uh, story, actually, because people just want it to be about, um, I, like, I saw a tweet, for example, that was like, hey, Netflix, how hard is it to just make a movie about police going to a mansion where there's zombies or something like that? I guess people were mad that it's, like, focusing on the teen um, kids of, uh, I don't, it's Alan Wesker, or I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, he's name, the, but. he's the guy who, um, he's the guy that created the T-Virus. Um, so we might get some behind the scenes stuff for the umbrella corporations that we never got before. That's kind of how I looked at it. Um, so it's not, I don't want to say it's, it it might not be exactly what we want, but it's also, um, they also could turn into what we want. We have to give them the time to develop. That's true. I, I'm still on board. I think it sounds pretty interesting, but I just think that, uh, I don't know, I think people want it to be exactly the same as the games, and uh, I, I guess I always lean more on the side of, like, well, if you already have the story, 
how it is in the games. Let's see it from a different angle, or let's see a new version of it because we already have that. So let's sure. try something different. You know, sure. I uh, I guess over the years I've learned to be more open minded about that stuff. So right. I mean, it sounds cool so far. Uh, what are your thoughts in general? Are you excited about this one? I think it's cool. I like Resident Evil in a general sense. So as long as Here's the thing, you have a source material, and if you pay attention to your source material, you have the ability to really do some cool stuff with that. And even if you want to tell the story from another angle, you got to look at it like comic books. Um, think about, let me, let me use, um, I'm going to use Fantastic Four as an example. Maybe that's not the best one. Let's use Batman as an example. Um, you have the Tim Burton Batman, Batman 89. That was a take on Batman that no one had ever done before, because prior to that, all we had was the 1966 Batman. So you're going into this movie not with a completely different take, and you have to think about it as we now have a different actor, and we have different people behind it. So technically, it's like going into a comic book where the writer and the artist have changed. Okay, and then we roll from the 19, when then we roll from Michael Keaton Batman into Christian Bale Batman. We have new writers and new artists. Everything looks different. Everything, um, everything looks different, but everything feels the same, and it's the same source material. So we're basically going into it with new writers and new artists. And I think that's one of the reasons why, like, you also got to look at it like the James Bond franchise, for example. Every time they change Bond, it's like getting a new artist on the comic book. Yeah. Um, so. I think that if we just look at this as this is a new take and just relax, um, I think it'll kind of work itself out. Amen. That's that's <laughs> my thought on that. So, yeah, I um, agree with that with most things that they reboot and uh, make new adaptions of and stuff like that. So Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so that being said, um, I'm excited for Resident Evil when we get to see it. Um, yeah. And I know that a bunch of stuff has gone back to shooting, um, so... Uh, production has continued with a bunch of things. Things are back into progress. So whatever's going on in the COVID world, we're being allowed to shoot things again. Theaters are starting to slowly open again. So we'll see. I know New Mutants is out. I just haven't gone to see it. Um, yeah, same, same here. Um, so anyway, before we get to DC Phantom, one more quick thing. There's a quote from Kathleen Kennedy, CEO of Lucasfilm. This I felt I had to bring up because it's an awesome quote. Um, because there's some... There's, whether you like the Disney star, what Disney's done with Star Wars or not is irrelevant because there has been some backlash saying that they're not focused on some of the backlash I've seen with the Disney side production of Star Wars films has been they're not paying attention to the um, the mythos that George created. Like he kind of laid everything out for you guys and you guys are off doing your own thing and not doing what you could be doing. Uh, so I found this quote and it was just... It was just a really nice uh, thing to read. So this is from Kathleen Kennedy. Um, she's saying that she, uh, Lucasfilm is stepping back to absorb what George has created. This is a myth, mythologically that mythology that actually spans about twenty-five thousand years. When you really start to look at the different stories that we've been that we've been told, whether it's in books and games, we just need the time to step back and really absorb what George has created, and then start to think about where things might go. Um, it's just nice to hear Kathleen say something like that because it makes me think that in a post-Rise of Skywalker world and we're taking a step back, where do we go next and realize that there's this giant mythos that George created that we kind of ignored. Let's go back and take a look and see what we got. 
So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I agree. That's awesome to hear. Um, it's kind of cool that it seems like they're going to be taking their time with uh, the next projects in the Star Wars universe. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's always great to hear because I think a lot of a lot more stuff in Hollywood is rushed than it should be. Um, and so, yeah, I just it's all it's just really good all around. I'm kind of stumped with like. Besides, like what you said, it's hard to know what other angle to take. But yeah, it sounds right. like a great quote and a great direction they're going in. So. Right. All right. You ready to talk some DC fandom? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to kind of go down the list as the schedule dictated because I kind of watched this in an order. Okay. Okay. Um, so first off uh, was the Wonder Woman panel. That was the very first thing that kicked everything off. Yes. Um, did you watch the Wonder Woman trailer? Yes, I did. Okay, what did you think? This was... It's funny that we're talking about it first. This is the trailer that got me the most pumped up out of all the other ones that I've And maybe that's because they put it... That's Maybe maybe that's why they why put they, it first, because they wanted to really get you pumped up for the yes. thing that hit you, hit us at the end. So go ahead. So I wasn't, I wasn't able to watch uh, DC Fandom Live. Um, I was pretty busy this past Saturday, but uh, I was able to catch up on... I believe pretty much all the news and stuff, but uh, I kept seeing rumblings online about how Cheetah looks so cool, and oh man, they really show Cheetah, and that was kind of funny, because as I watched this trailer, I kept, like, waiting for it, because <laughs> I was kind of like, okay, well, she's just kind of wearing a Cheetah print coat and stuff, and then when it finally shows her, I'm like, okay, this is awesome, they're really going for it, this is like super comic booky because you've got Cheetah and then you have Wonder Woman and like the crazy eagle armor and it looks like so badass but to be honest like I've mentioned this I mentioned this in the past on the show but the part that still gets me the most pumped is Wonder Woman swinging from those uh, lightning bolts I was just gonna bring up the lightning bolt swinging yeah because that's like that's mythology that's tall tales that's like Pecos Bill lassoing a tornado like that's like larger than life stuff and I remember seeing that the first time and thinking it was amazing and this last time I watched it I was just as pumped um, I think otherwise I, oh, sorry. no I was just gonna just to add the lightning bolt thing I think that the swinging across the lightning bolts was so much more clearer in this than than uh, the other ones so yeah no I it was literally like, oh my god, she's swinging on lightning bolts. And I know we talked about it, but that's what my reaction was. Like, oh my god, did you see that? So Yes. Um, and then I, I loved uh, the other like super memorable part of this trailer to me was actually how it opens up. Because I believe it's like, I think it's, I might be wrong, but it's the first shot or one of the first shots is this like kind of like overhead, like almost sweeping view of this like, really interesting looking um amazonian like arena where there's a bunch of them like that are about to do some sort of race and you have uh diana as a little girl racing against all these other full-grown what were we gonna say more flashbacks yeah exactly but i just remember that opening and the way that arena looked and the cinematography i was like oh this looks like i was simultaneously thinking this looks good like, this looks really cool, and this looks like something I haven't seen before. And I think throughout the rest of the trailer, the like, I, I think that opening shot just made me appreciate the rest of the cinematography in the trailer. But, yeah, in, <laughs> in conclusion, 
conclusion, I think Wonder Woman 84 looks awesome. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this one specifically? Or um, well, the, that I didn't go through just no, now? <laughs> no, 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 and it's great because the, the lightning bolts, yes. Cheetah, finally we get to see what Cheetah looks like. Amazing. Um, I'm actually really happy that they're not based because i was concerned when you first started seeing that trailer and i'm like oh they're just gonna put her in normal clothes and just give her superpowers that was my concern but nope we get to see full cheetah awesome way to go dc good on you guys um and then uh the because we don't know how they brought steve trevor back yet um and that's gonna be all story stuff in it and yeah there was some funny bits in the trailer a lot of the there's some shot there's a lot of shots in the trailer that we had seen but the fact that we're getting more flashbacks to diana's training as a little girl i just absolutely love that that really floored me so and i hope we get more of that since we know we're getting a third so absolutely awesome. that's actually a good point that they're because we're getting those flashbacks and uh like, I think you just said the return of Steve Trevor and stuff. You can really tell that these are... This is going to be a really cohesive trilogy. It's not just like, in this movie, Wonder Woman does this, and then in the next one, she goes and does a bunch of stuff over here, and the third one, she does something else. It seems like it's going to be a very interwoven plot where the flashbacks and the themes kind of carry through, which is amazing. So, yeah, really awesome stuff. Um, yeah, so I'm just, it made me excited for Wonder Woman more than I was before. How's that? Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I was excited for Wonder Woman before, but again, how's that? You know, so. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, let's go from Wonder Woman. There's so much, so I don't want to, like, not focus on something. There's just so much. Um, yeah. okay, so we're going to jump to Gotham Knights. Did you check out the trailer for Gotham Knights? Yes, I did. That okay. looks really sweet as well. <laughs> All right, here's something I learned. First off, I'm a massive fan of the um, I'm a massive fan of the Batman Arkham, Arkham the Arkham yeah. series. I've played them all. I absolutely love them. The uh, what's interesting is, is I expect I found out the Gotham Knights has does not take place within the Arkham universe. Okay. It's completely separate. It's its completely own game, and in it, Batman's dead, and you play as the family. When they originally teased this, I actually thought that there was going to be you were playing as the Bat family, Batman, Nightwing, Robin, Batgirl, uh, Red Hood, all of them were going to be collective. Um, but this game looks phenomenal, and I literally can't wait. Um, so it, I don't know what it, what thoughts you have on it, but the fact like the art looks great, and the fact that we got to see real gameplay shows that they're much closer to delivering this game than we thought they were. That, that's actually a really good point. Because I was like, oh, they're going to show us some cinematic trailers to get us excited, and then we're going to have to wait four years for the game because they're not done yet, yeah. uh, which is what happens a lot of times with video games. This is, here's the trailer for the game, here's actual game footage, here you go. We're actually going to show you a section that we're going we're gonna to let you actually watch us play this section as Batgirl and Robin teaming up. And the fact that it's co-op, like I can play online, you can play Robin, I can play Nightwing, and we can go do a thing, like that's awesome. Like so you, watch, you watched uh, the panel for this game. Right? I did. Okay, because I just watched the trailer, and I can tell while you're talking about it, you know a lot more about this game than I do. <laughs> but that's really cool, because I was I actually didn't know about the co-op multiplayer stuff. Like, that might have been in the trailer, but I might not have caught it. Um, was this game... This game is made by the same people who did... At least one of the Arkham games. The, it's they them? yes, it's it's made from the same studio. Like well, partially the same studio. Universe. 
numbers. Yeah, and that's and we're gonna get back to, and, and we'll come back to that later, um, in terms because of a different well, universe. I was just gonna say like when the first Arkham game came out, which I don't know the subtitles because um, I I haven't played them all and stuff, but I remember when the first Batman Arkham game came out, I kind of followed it as an outsider, even though I didn't play the game because. I was so impressed by the design work on the game. Like, I remember flipping through an art of Batman. I don't know if it's Arkham Knight or what the first one was, but I remember just being so impressed at the character designs, for example. Like, looking at all the villains, and they all looked like how the how the characters should look. They looked so like they looked so well done compared to their their, their comic book versions, but they also looked like a more, like, realistic, badass video game version. And I think I could see that sort of design, uh, visual language from the Arkham games carry over to this game because the way the characters' costumes look, the feel of the characters all just felt spot on. Um, And even though, like, you have, uh, like, Robin, for example, his costume was different than the traditional Robin costume. It still had the same spirit, I guess, and essence that Robin should have. Even though they took some liberties, it didn't feel jarring because it just felt right, I guess, if that makes sense. Right. So this, this game looked awesome. I don't know if I'll play it, but I was really impressed by what we saw. I think design-wise, story-wise, it all just looks spot on to me. Well, I guess is where it's going to be a, it's gonna be a giant open world. Uh, just like the Arkham games, um, it is um, like Arkham City and Arkham Knight. As you played through, you unlocked sections of the city. Like as the story progressed, areas of the city opened up. Uh, they said that there will be no locked city. It'll be a hundred percent open when you start playing the game, cool. um, which is cool. Um, you're going to be able to jump back and forth between the characters. It's online co-op. Um, I don't know what else to say about the game because you talked about a bunch there in terms of art direction and stuff because everything looks fantastic. Um, yes. I'm not a fan necessarily of the Batgirl look. Um, I loved how she looked in um, Arkham Knight. Um, okay. And um, knowing that we're going into a Batgirl universe, I was kind of expecting... It looks very similar to what Batgirl looks like right now in the comic yeah. books, but it's not... I, it's it's clearly a different design aesthetic, so I think Batgirl could look a little bit cooler. I'm not completely sold on it, but it looks great either way. Um, yeah, I, I just took that as like knowing how Batman or sorry Batgirl currently looks in the comic books. I was like, okay, she looks like she looks in the comics. She looks pretty um, close. I'm being nitpicky because I'm such a Batman fan, so I'm like, uh, can you just you know like I'm being that comic yeah. book guy, like uh, you know. <laughs> I guess um, I'm relating it to older versions of Batgirl where like I'm assuming in the previous Arkham game she had like an all black black costume maybe yeah you could actually do a she's only in she's only playable in Arkham Knight so you could literally do yeah. Batgirl Arkham Knight and it, it's it's a cool costume because um. I'm just thinking like okay I've seen Batgirl in like a blue and yellow costume and like the new purple and yellow one doesn't seem too far off from that so that's kind of where I'm a little bit more, sure. I guess, lenient on the design, but I get that you really liked the, the recent Arkham one, so I understand yeah. uh, that um, criticism. They, and then they did say they are, uh, Gotham Knights will encompass uh, the Court of Owls story arc as well. Yeah, they had that, and that was so cool. Like, uh, And that, that, that. kind of bums me that Batman's not in the game. 
and it's just yeah. it's the rest of the family because Court of Isles is such a cool story arc. But I'm down. I I'm just excited for more because it's it, this is such a great idea. So it's kind of a cool idea though. Like if Batman's dead and then his sidekicks kind of discover this secret society that Batman didn't even know about. Like I think that's kind of an interesting angle on it. Well, did you so. ever read Court of Isles? I've, I've read parts of it. I haven't read okay. the. I sadly haven't read the whole thing. I I know they're like essentially like Bat or uh, Gotham's Illuminati more or less. Basically, you know, like, and well, the the big thing, and this is kind of spoilers if you're going to go read Court of Owls, but the big thing with Court of Owls was the fact that they were using Haley's Circus as a training ground for their talons. Uh, oh, okay. the talents of their agents so dick grayson yeah. was being groomed to be one of the talents and then his parents were murdered and bruce wayne took him in and he became robin and never joined the court of owls okay wow it's so absolutely. like so put that into perspective so <laughs> absolutely yeah that's that's really cool right um so that was something that i thought was mind-blowing when i read court of owls so um i don't know so let's move on, because we still have a ton of stuff, um, and this could be a long show, because we haven't even gotten to our list tonight yet. <laughs> um, so uh, in terms of games, we'll just jump to games real quick, um, because uh, the next game, this actually, there was a panel for this later on, um, the Suicide Squad game. Yes. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, that's what it is titled. Um, this is This is directly related to the Batman Arkham franchise and takes place after the existence. Um, the trailer the trailer for it looks cool, but it's a cinematic trailer. There's no gameplay. So yeah. we don't really know much. I don't I kinda looked at it as a I don't have much to say about it because we literally saw a trailer and it's not gameplay. It's part of the same universe though, so awesome. So you know, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of how I looked at it. I was like, okay, great, but <laughs> it's a cool. It it looked like a cool way to establish the plot. Um, it seems as obviously Brainiac has shown up. Um, I'm assuming he's uh, taking control of the Justice League somehow, and the Suicide Squad have to right. fight the Justice League now. Um, I think this <clears> one. I think the animation was really cool. I think some of the character designs and stuff I was less enthused about uh, when you compare it to the. Uh, Gotham Knights game we were just talking about, but overall I still think it looks pretty cool. Sure. Um, like you said, I don't have as much to say about this one. Uh, it looks entertaining. Um, yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Yeah. So let's move on. We're gonna jump to the Flash panel. That was the next on the list, um, uh, meaning the Flash movie panel. Um, it was. Uh, um, they basically had the they had the cast there. Uh, Barry Allen or like Barry Allen, Ezra Miller was there to kind of sort of uh, moderate, but he was just kind of poking in and being annoying and kind of trying to be funny. It was kind of funny, but it was also like I want to hear stuff. Stop it. Um, <laughs> the um, so Flash and I assume you didn't see anything of this because they didn't show a trailer at all because they haven't started filming yet. Um, I, I, I heard I heard some of the news, but uh, go on. All right. So one of the things that they did was they talked about uh, time travel and dimensional yeah. travel in the story, which is interesting. We know about time travel already because if you watch Batman vs Superman, the Flash comes back in time to tell Bruce Wayne about um, how you are right not to trust him and that Lois is the key, whatever that means, because we haven't seen the Snyder cut. Um, yeah. 
And then they also had discussions about the Speed Force and some of the artwork that they refused to show us because um, the screenwriter was talking about the pictures and description she was given about their version of the Speed Force um, and how that could end up looking once they get it finished. Um, and she's apparently really excited about that. So I thought that was great. Um, nice. They talked about the Flashpoint comic... Um, heavily in terms of like this is the movie that's going to really focus on Flashpoint but Jim Lee pointed out that with Flashpoint interestingly because you're dealing with uh, time travel this is a Flashpoint that's also going to discuss dimensional travel um, and which brought them into the multiverse uh, discussion about the cinematic multiverse not just the television multiverse that we got in the CW but the cinematic multiverse which as far as the way they talked about it it's as if they're encompassing everything together because remember Ezra Miller Flash appeared on the CW crossover Crisis on Infinite Earths and this blew my mind if you go back into the Zack Snyder universe the Flash does not is never called the Flash in the movies. Yeah. He gets his name, The Flash, and finds out that that's what his name is when he meets Grant Gustin Flash in the CW <laughs> crossover. That's how he finds out he's The Flash. That's funny. So the fact that we now have cinematic, it's cinematic dimensions uh, for Flashpoint, so it's not just time travel Flashpoint, it's dimensional travel flashpoint as well so it's kind of like an oh it's it's an all-encompassing thing and that really got me excited um and then they showed a uh video reel of concept art for the flash movie which showed off michael keaton batman concept art along with uh barry allen's new costume which they specifically said is built by bruce wayne Yes, I did see, okay, so I did see the Bruce Wayne uh, costume, like I saw an image of that, and I thought that was a really cool concept, because I know the original, like, Justice League uh, movie Flash costume, they were trying to make it look semi-homemade, like something that uh, sort of, like, Ezra Miller kind of hackneyed together, and uh, so I thought that was a really cool concept, and I like that we're getting more of a sneak design. I haven't seen any of this other uh, concept art uh, reel, so I think I need to hunt that down because that sounds awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, and so it's it all it all just looked good, and it was really like just still images of the Flash and a good look at the new costume and you know that kind of stuff. So I'm just I'm excited as a whole. Um, so we'll see how that all plays out when we finally get to see the movie. They just haven't gone in front of cameras yet, so um, just because of COVID, everything got stopped. Yeah, um, but it sounds like they're uh, it sounds like they're ready to go. So that's awesome. Um, I like that they're really embracing the multiverse idea too, because it's just so legitimizing to everything. You know, it's yeah. kind of like saying like, oh, you like if you love the Tim Burton Batman, that still counts. You know, and like all these other versions of the characters that you like, that still counts. That's still legitimate. It's all you know, they're all part of this one giant thing, and that's really. Kind of as a fan, I think that's really cool to hear, you know, like my favorite version of whatever character isn't uh, useless or, you know, no longer legit. Like, it's kind of really cool to hear as a fan, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the next thing that 
Um, so let's move on. So I mean, that's basically the flash panel. That they just they couldn't show a lot, so I don't have a lot to talk uh-huh. about. But Jim Lee was on the panel, so it was kind of nice listening to him discuss uh, when he was talking about Flashpoint and the um, when he brought up the television show crossover. I'm like, God, that's brilliant. I didn't even notice that. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, time to talk Suicide Squad. Um, did you see the Suicide Squad stuff I told you to check out? So I saw a behind-the-scenes uh, clip and uh, a, I guess, animated trailer, for lack of a better term. Oh, okay. They did kind of like a weird like cast trailer where they were showing off the cast members like in costume um, yeah yeah that, that's the behind the scenes thing that I, think uh, I saw so. well there's that but then the behind the scenes one shows and the reason I was going to bring it up so the cast is massive they had the entire cast on the panel um, and they were fielding questions and uh, James Gunn was doing stuff with the cast and it was kind of funny and whatnot. it was really like just fluff material they say hey let's actually show you something um, so then they show this behind the scenes sizzle reel. And I, if you saw it, um, it was basically like, we don't have a trailer, but we're going to show you shit. And, yeah. um, it was all, it was just watching them do stunts and practical effects. And that was the thing that caught my attention. Practical effects, tons of practical effects, not a lot of the green screen. It was just lots and lots of practical effects and explosions and real stunt work and giant sets built. And so that was the thing that really got my attention. Um, so that's, I just wanted to bring that up, say, Hey, it looks awesome. And I can't wait uh, to see some of these villains that, you know, it sounds like polka dot man is going to be a legit villain that we need to be concerned about as opposed to laugh about like we usually do. So. The Pokemon, Polka Dot Man thing was so funny to me because I saw, so I think I, I saw the sizzle reel first and I saw the trailer second, and uh, I don't know that actor's name, but all of his Polka Dot Man, like, every time it showed him in the suit, I thought it was a mocap suit, and then I watched, like, the actual, like, trailer or teaser or whatever you call it, and I was like, oh, no, that's his actual character's costume and I just thought that was so funny because I thought it was a mocap suit at first um, overall I think it looks awesome um, I mean I, I, I don't think I've seen all of James Gunn's movies but the ones I have I've enjoyed quite a bit um, I love the Guardians of the Galaxy movies so I'm really excited for this movie I guess with the Suicide Squad stuff I was kind of left with the impression I don't know a lot about this movie still but it all looks cool um, right. And I also appreciate in the uh, teaser trailer they didn't have. I can't. I wish I remembered what song, but I know it was like an older hip hop track that they had in the background. And I appreciated that it wasn't like a classic rock track. Like it seemed like this movie is going to have a different vibe um, from the previous Suicide Squad as well as from Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, I think Suicide um, Squad. Based on the music, you know. I think the music from the Suicide Squad. First, the first Suicide Squad movie suffered from the fact that the Guardians of the Galaxy was such a big popular hit, and they felt that they had to do that. Um, yeah, and, and which is why I kind of like that they're having, it seems at least, a different approach this time to the music, so yeah, that's yeah. really awesome. Um, okay, so after the Suicide Squad panel, this is a panel that kind of surprised me, um, because it was called the Voices of Batman panel. Um, I specifically flagged it because I thought, you know, Kevin Conroy has been doing Batman for almost 30 years, and then you have Diedrich Bader, and you have Will Arnett, and you have people who've been voicing the character in so many ways, and even even if you take the animated stuff out of the equation, you have all the live-action actors and stuff like that, and I thought it was going to be like a touch on the voices of Batman. Um, 
It was not. It was a. It was specifically on the voices of Batman everywhere else but the United States. So, oh, okay. you know, it's got to be translated into Spanish or Japanese or French or um, Indian or however. It's got to be translated so they have the people who voice Batman for all the foreign languages. Um, and it was a, and it was a really cool because you got to listen to them talk about playing Batman, and then they would have the line and it would, they showed some clips. For example, they'd have uh, the Batfleck, they'd have the line where Batman says to Superman, uh, "Do you bleed? Um, you will." That line, and then they had the actor, and then they showed a side by side of the scene, and then the newer actor trying to mimic Affleck's voice. He, he's trying to mimic Affleck's voice and deliver it in the other language for the dubbing version for the dubbed version so they it was just a cool panel to watch um because they have to then take what the original actor did mimic but translate at the same time um and it was all about it was just a cool panel so it sounds like one of those things like i didn't know i would want to watch this but now that i am like i'm glad i am right that that sounds really cool basically Um, kind of curious i don't know if they showed like the uh whoever the japanese voice actor is who played batman but uh I don't know, I'm just, like, listening to your description, and I'm, like, I'm thinking of animes I've watched and how if you watch enough animes, you start to notice, like, the same voice actors in different ones. So I'm kind of curious if, like, I wonder if I know, like, if I've heard that, like, Japanese actor's Batman voice or not. (laughs) Oh, right. Okay, so I'm going to save the two big ones for last, and we're going to cover a couple things real quick. So in the world of DC animation... Um, the animated films, they're like they said that the Apocalypse War was going to be the last one. I don't know where that came up, but they're apparently not because you got uh, the Death in the Family coming out. You have Superman, uh, uh, Man for Tomorrow, and then we have um, next year in 2021, we have a two-part animated Batman: The Long Halloween. Cool. Awesome. Um, I'm really that's one of my favorite story arcs, and I'm real excited to see that. And they're going to do it two parts, so that's even cooler. Um, it's going to be cool to see how Tim Sale's artwork translates into animated form. I don't know if they've done a movie based on any of his books yet, have they? they, Yeah, that's a good question. I almost said yes, but no, that movie was not a Tim Sale um, artwork. I'm going to have to go look because I don't remember. I don't think think so. It will be because he has such a distinct art style, and I can imagine they could do some really cool stuff or an animated animated version of that or they'll skip the art style and maybe do it like with a bruce tim art style or like how what they have been doing who knows like i'm not entirely sure that's true but i feel like so i feel like the ones that the movies they do that fall in line with the like new 52 like timeline like connected movies i feel like those all have that similar art style but then Mm -hmm. I feel like when they do, like, The Dark Knight Returns, for example, or something like that, that has a distinct... Oh, I see what you're saying. Because they stuck stuck with the... Dark Knight stuck with the Frank Miller design pretty well. Yeah, yeah, so that's why I was thinking if they're going to do The Long Halloween, let's at least use Tim Sal's character designs and, uh, you know, maybe some of his uh, shot choices from the comic and stuff like that. Sure, all right. Um, So... Teen Titans, or Titans Season 3, uh, the live-action Titans show, uh, Red Hood is confirmed for Titans Season 3, um, which means cool. which means Jason Todd, it makes me wonder if Jason Todd's going to die and he's going to come back to life within the season. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I forgot that Jason Todd was already in there. Yeah. Um, 
Um, so that makes me wonder what they're going to do to Jason Todd. I have yet to watch season two yet. Um, I just know season two is all uh, eventually like Dick Grayson becomes Nightwing by the end of season two. Um, so once I get done with Harley Quinn, that was actually my plan was to watch through Titans. So um, we'll see. Um, Shazam 2 has officially been titled Fury of the Gods. Yep, I heard I heard about that. It sounds badass. Um, I don't there's, know exactly what that's going to entail, but I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, there's not much to say about it. Um, I'm going to jump to Black Adam. Um, yeah. They did a Black Adam panel, which was basically The Rock, which was basically just The Rock talking about how much he likes Black Adam. Um, <laughs> sounds about right. And at the end of the panel, he called out the Justice League character by character. like, And they also teased that there's a chance that Superman may be in the Black Adam movie. So is this like a wrestling promo at the end when he started calling out Justice League members? In a weird way, yeah, but it was a little more <laughs> subtle. Um, That's awesome. That's perfect, though. Um, but uh, one of the biggest things about the Black Adam movie uh they that's another thing he specifically said they haven't gone in front of the cameras yet um yeah. but they're, i guess they're again just like flash ready to roll um however they will be ju- the justice society of america or the jsa will be introduced in the black adam movie this is where it's cool though because um yes we're gonna see adam smasher we talked about that like probably a month ago when we found out about the casting but it'll also have cyclone Hawkman, and the one I'm excited for, Doctor Fate. Yes, I um, did hear about this. All in, all in the Black oh, Adam movie. Oh. That just, oh my God, that sounds fantastic. Um, yeah, Doctor Fate is such a. Um, I love his character design because it's so like so striking, and just like the lore behind his helmet and how that works, and like there's really cool stories to be told around that. So yeah. now, that is really exciting. For you non-readers out there, the best cross, the best uh, thing I can liken Doctor Fate to is he is the DC version of Doctor Strange. Um, that's the literally the best way I can liken it for you guys if you don't read and you just watch the movies. So yeah, um, I'd say um, also watch. Uh, if you have the time, watch uh, Young Justice, like, as a series. I know they had some Dr. Fate episodes of, in Young Justice, and they did such a good job of explaining the lore behind who Dr. Fate is, uh, how his helmet works and stuff, and just kind of how cool conceptually it is. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, man, I'm going to give you a choice. You have a choice of two things here. Do you want to talk about the Snyder Cut, or do you want to talk about the Batman? Like we're we're running real long tonight. We haven't even gotten to the list. Um, we can also save something if you want. I just let's, like let's, let's talk about Snyder Cut first because we probably have less to talk about with Snyder Cut. I'm okay, assuming. I would like to think so. So first off, uh, the the Snyder Cut panel was Zack Snyder by himself, and he brought on each member of the Justice League specifically to field one question from each of them. Um, and then he talked a little bit, and then they brought on the fans, and then they brought on the fans who made the release the Snyder Cut movement happen, and they got to ask oh, some. Oh, cool! And then they I got have, to ask I some got questions. Up and down this panel because I feel like I've followed a lot of fans on Twitter and stuff for a while now. Yeah, the people who were in charge of the movement came on the panel. Yeah, like start heard of the petition. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Um, so it went from there. Um. He showed a little bit of sizzle reel um, with some several uh, with several uh, production photos. It wasn't like a trailer trailer. It was some you know sizzle reel with some production photos. Um, 
and he said that um, Flash does something very specific with time and space that we will get to see in the movie, which, if you saw Batman and Superman, knowing (laughs) it makes sense because the Flash goes back in time to talk to Batman, so it just kind of made me go, ooh, I wonder if we'll see something else. Um, It makes me wonder if not only will we see that, but maybe that's part of the reason why Batman had the nightmare sequences, and will Flash be a part of a nightmare sequence? Um, because of Batman's nightmare sequence. Um, the Snyder Cut will be broken into four one-hour parts on HBO yes. Max. So that means it's a four-hour film. Zack Snyder did say there will be a bundled version later, so it's going to release in the four-hour segments, and then they will eventually release it as the four-hour giant film. And he said, for those of us who do not have HBO Max, um, there will be, there is a distribution plan in the works, which means I can get my hard copy. Awesome, because I really want to have it on the shelf with the rest of them. Um, so the, yeah, absolutely. So that was uh, some uh, really good things that I wanted to bring up. Um, and then that brings us to the trailer. Yes. Okay. Um, so the trailer, it. Here's the thing: if you've seen the Justice League movie that exists, the Whedon cut, the Snyder cut looks like. With, with four hours of footage, you're going to see some repeat footage because Whedon did use some of the things Zack Snyder shot. Um, so when you look at some of the cross-comparisons online that are happening right now, you're getting Whedon cut, Snyder cut, Whedon cut, Snyder cut, and you're seeing some of the cross-comparisons with things we've already seen. Um, yes. But the fact that we got uh, Steppenwolf looking correct, amazing. Um, there's a creature in the film that I'm pretty sure is the sod. But there's yes, no clarification. I, that was my guess. I'm like, oh, that must be Desaad. That's awesome that he's in the movie. And it does look like Whedon literally took Desaad's face and put it on Steppenwolf for the version that he put out. <laughs> right. And cut the character. But the fact that Desaad's in the movie, oh, my God, that's amazing. Um, and then the fact that you get to see Darkseid, I, dude, I just I cannot wait for this movie at all. I really can't. And um, I'm just just super pumped and excited about it so i don't know oh and then the other thing is you when i brought up the fact that uh flash that time and space stuff the flash you did see some flash um uh nightmare sequence looking background in something that he was doing so that's actually a good point i want to now i want to rewatch the trailer thinking about that aspect of it um but you saying like okay so i a lot of the scenes in this trailer do look similar to the Justice League movie that we already got, but I felt like they just looked so much better. Um, and that's like, yeah, I'm a bigger Zack Snyder fan, man, a Joss Whedon fan, whatever, but I, like, even like some of the quieter scenes, like there's a scene where it shows Lois Lane and Martha Kent um, meeting each other and like hugging each other, and it looks like this very heartfelt embrace and it looks like something much different than we got from justice league with the whole like controversial uh thirsty scene and stuff like that so even the quieter moments i'm even more excited about um the other thing is like you were talking about the sad at least that's who we think it is right now yeah i freaking awesome i couldn't i couldn't pin him to any other character in the dark side and on apocalypse so i really don't um yeah yeah, that was my reaction, because I saw him, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's Desaad, and he looks cool as hell, and then uh, Darkseid looks awesome, and then 
seeing that scene where uh, Steppenwolf first arrives uh, in Themyscira, and he, he lands... Um, and then the you way know, his armor, that, like, folded up, I'm like, come on, why in the world would Joss Whedon mess that up? <laughs> and, and that's what I was going to say, is, like, I wasn't... The other the other version of, uh, of uh, Steppenwolf that we, had, that we had in the Justice League movie, I wasn't, like, fully against. But when I saw concept art for Snyder's version of, Sna- of Steppenwolf, I was like, yeah, I mean, the other Steppenwolf is cool, but Snyder's version looks scary and looks otherworldly like he looks alien and like something i've never seen before and i just wanted that version and it's so awesome to see him actually fully realized and the armor looks really intricate and awesome and the animation looks awesome and uh this is going to be great and we didn't even talk about uh black suit superman which we've seen for a second time now but yeah and we've talked about black suit superman a few times because of like as the news has progressed so i didn't want to like delve on that too heavily yeah and 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 i'll keep it short but when we do see black suit superman in this trailer the screenshot of it actually mimics uh the first time you see superman wear his costume in man of steel and i just like that Zack snyder's constructed this trilogy in that way where certain scenes mimic each other and the movie kind of has like sort of a rhyme to it and it's I, uh, called I just love that it's called consistency period (laughs) period and i'm not trying to like put a word in your mouth but it's literally like hey film companies writers directors all you guys who suddenly think to yourselves oh we can do it better some other way it's called consistency and when you remove someone from a seat of where Zack snyder was sitting in terms of control this is what happens and here we are getting basically a remake of a movie that shouldn't have ever had to be remade (laughs) so um yeah, so consistency, people. Let's be real. Um, we're gonna be we're gonna be talking much more about the Snyder Cut when it yes. comes out too. <laughs> um, all right, and like I said, we're running very long, so let's see what we can talk about. The Batman. That is the last yeah. thing on the list that needs to be discussed. Um, there's definitely some more things we can pick apart, but news is gonna spill out in a general sense in terms of DC news for a while. Yeah. So the Batman. Here's what I will I'm say. Just, I'm just thinking there's no way we're gonna be able to talk about this. Batman part very shortly, but we'll see. I know, we'll see what happens, because literally there's only a couple pieces, and then we need to talk about the trailer. Um, so, the movie is only like, from what I understand, it's only like 30% shot. So the trailer they gave us is only like, think about that, the trailer they gave us is only 30% because they've only shot 30% of the movie. Which, they announced today that they've gone back in front of the cameras, so they're officially shooting again. It makes um, sense, like, because of COVID, they probably had to shut down production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we knew they shut down production because of COVID. Uh, that was announced a while ago, but they've announced that they're back in production. But knowing that they've only shot 30% and they delivered that trailer, come on. Um, so here's the thing. So specifically, the Robert Pattinson as Batman, the, the Batman universe, will be on Earth 2. And officially, the Zack Snyderverse is Earth 1. Okay. Announced at the panel. So the fact that the Zack Snyder universe is Earth-1, or Earth-Prime, however you want to word it, the Robert, the Batman with Robert Pattinson takes place on Earth-2. We're dealing with a multiverse here, people. Um, and it's separate from the Snyderverse. Um, who Matt Reeves has plans to expand the Earth-2 universe. Okay. 
So we could be dealing with legitly a cinematic universe. Uh, so where Marvel went, hey, we're going to go make 32-some movies. We're going to make 23 movies that are going to span one story. DC's going, hey, check out what we're going to do. And we're making a cinematic multiverse. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's been the cornerstone of DC in general. That's awesome. I can't wait. That just sounds fantastic. Um, Absolutely. So let's talk about this trailer. What did you think? Okay, so I had an interesting journey with this trailer because, okay, so we, we talked about the Batman costume, like this new Batman costume, and uh, on the podcast, I talked about how I actually really love it. Like, I think it's a fresh take, and it's really awesome, and I think because of how much I love the costume and everything I've seen for this movie... When I first watched the trailer, I was honestly a little bit disappointed. I know you're going to think I'm crazy for saying that. That's all right. I actually had, like... To each his own. Go ahead. Well, the thing is, I had some discussions with some friends about it, and I was kind of saying, like, yeah, I feel like most of the stuff they show in the trailer um, could kind of fit into the Nolan movies because they're going for more of a hyper-realistic approach and stuff like that, and I was kind of hoping for a different take. And uh, talking to my friends, they were kind of pointing out, like, well, yeah, the Nolan movies are realistic, but they also rely on a lot of sort of, like, almost sci-fi-leaning, like, military tech for that version of Batman to work. And this new version of Batman's a lot more scrappy. He's a lot more, like, do-it-yourself sort of vigilante thing. And I think having that discussion with uh, my friends I was talking to kind of gave me another perspective on this trailer, and I had to re-watch it a couple more times. With that being said, like, with the rewatches of the trailer, I'm super excited for this movie. I think it looks awesome. Um, I really love the whole, uh, how, I, I'm pretty sure it's the Riddler they're going with, and uh, kind of the, I have no better, like, words for it besides, like, the sort of, like, Seven-esque, like, Zodiac-esque approach to the character. I think it looks really exciting. It looks really interesting. Um, I don't know, what are, where do you sit on this trailer at this point? So when I started watching the trailer, I didn't know what to think right away, um, because I really wasn't sure, there were some certain things I wasn't sure we're looking at, like the Riddler, for example. Oh, that's the Riddler? Yes. And, oh, that's, oh, that is Jim Gordon. We knew he was playing Jim Gordon. Awesome, he looks great. And let's talk about the fact that Jim Gordon has never been falsely casted since, um, since the Nolanverse took over. Like, because they had the Jim, they had Commissioner Gordon in like the Michael Keaton films and the Schumacher films. He was the same actor straight through. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't nearly as part of the movies as the other ones have been. Since Nolan took over, Commissioner Gordon has been perfectly casted every time. So that's true. Awesome. Like Jeffrey Wright looks great. Uh, we saw Robert Pattinson by himself as Bruce Wayne, and I I was kind of taken aback by a little bit, but we don't really know this take yet. So I didn't know how to feel because I was like, well, that's not how I expected Bruce Wayne to look. But again, <laughs> <laughs> but again, this is a fresh take and I, I still don't know. And then you saw Batman in costume for the first time in that sequence when they had that clue and he handed it to him and handed him that clue. And you're just like, oh, my God, really? That's awesome. Um, and then you see Batman and then the trailer goes and then you see Catwoman and you see what I'm pretty sure is the Penguin but let's talk about this real quick. If that's the Penguin, if that's Colin Farrell as the Penguin, that is best Oscar, that is Oscar for best makeup, 
hands down, period. Period. Absolutely. Holy, holy crap. And if you look at the side-by-sides of Colin Farrell and the Penguin, and what we think is the Penguin from the Batman trailer, oh my god, I can't, like, I just can't believe that they pulled that off. It just looks incredible. Um, But then the scene in the trailer that got me, and this is the thing about playing Batman, is you gotta scare me. As Batman, as the actor behind Batman, you have to scare me. And you have that scene where those, like, uh, the skull face like, gang guys or whatever are like, who are you supposed to be? And the guy goes up to Batman, and Batman beats the living hell out of the guy. He gets him completely taked down, and then he doesn't stop and just continues to pound the guy into the floor and then looks at him and says, I'm vengeance. And you're just like... Okay, I'm scared. And <laughs> you sold it. Like right there, you <laughs> sold it and I'm in. I was in. I was totally I totally backed the Robert Pattinson casting, but I was also like, I'm in. You sold me. So, um that scene just and I've watched and I've watched that scene a couple times and I'm just like, "Oh my god, that is incredible." And I got to stop watching it cuz I don't want it to ruin that part of the movie for me when I finally see it. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, like, here's the thing. I went into the DC fandom expecting the Snyder Cut panel to really blow me away, and then I saw the Batman trailer. Okay. So the the Batman trailer very well may may be my favorite part of DC fandom. And it was the last thing they showed before they closed the door on the event, so. Yeah, that's a a good point about, like, that short, um, like, beat-up scene. I was going to say fight scene, but I don't know if that's the right word for it. Uh, But also, like, Robert Pattinson's voice as Batman, and like the voice does sound spot on. Yeah, the voice is um, fantastic. Um, I do, I I am really excited about Zoe Kravitz as uh, Catwoman too. Like, I think she's gonna really nail that role. Um, so do I. I kind of, I kind of hope, and like knowing that they've only shot thirty percent of the movie, I kind of want to see her get like a proper costume because I know the one she has right now looks very sort of. Do it yourself. Entry level cat bur- burglar sort of yep. thing, um, and I kind of like. I know they're doing everything like pretty realistic, but I want to see them find a way to justify some of the more traditional costumes. But um, yeah, yeah. So so far everything looks like really badass, and like I don't know, like this this movie should be really good. It should be really intense, and like you know, this movie <laughs> started with Riddler like duct-taping shut like a dead guy's face. <laughs> so, I know. Like, it's going to be pretty brutal. And I'm telling you, I'm I'm honestly expecting to walk into this seeing a rated R Batman. Yep. I, yep. Really, I really am. I was like, you know what, I'll bet you anything Matt Reeves said, I'm doing this rated, I'm going for an R rating, and I hope you guys are okay yeah. with that. And after, and after seeing how the Joker performed at the rated R level, I have a feeling that the, they were like, yep, do what you got to do. And that might be the direction DC's taking at this point is, look, our stories, you got to understand that our stories stand on their own and we don't necessarily need to hinder ourselves with uh, rating and just tell the story you guys want to tell. And I hope that's the direction they go with. So. And the coolest part about the whole, like, about this movie, but also just DC fandom fandom in general, is the coolest part of all these trailers being released is... DC is going with the multiverse, but not only that, the movie going public seems like their game for this. Like, nobody's like, wait, I'm confused. 
there's Ben Affleck Batman and this other Batman, you know, like everybody's and, just like. And there's a Michael Keaton awesome. Batman, and there's like. <laughs> yeah, right. But, but it, it's just kind of funny that, like, the general public just seems on board with all this. And that's, well, like, and awesome not, that DC is, like, pulling off this multiverse right in front of our eyes, like something we never thought would be possible. Right. Well, we never thought the Infinity Saga would be possible either. And then that happened. And it's kind of like Marvel warmed up everyone for them to go, hey, guys. You like that Infinity Saga? We have a multiverse over here. And where I was complaining months ago about how there's not enough Batman and everything's quiet because no one knows what's going on with Ben Affleck, here we are getting an overload of Batman. So, (laughs) um, awesome. Well, how about this? Um, Are you uh, ready to talk the list? Because we are running (laughs) way long. And I'll be... Yeah, let's go for it. Perfect. All right. So I'm going to... uh, um, yeah, Ryan, it's list time. It's later than, it's way later than normal. So, uh, please roll the thing. And now for the top five. Okay. So here's what we got. Um, this was your list. So why don't you explain what it is? And I actually think that we can get through this pretty quick because this is more of a, why is that not a thing list? (laughs) So... top five shows that we would want to see have an extra season and i just went with the what i thought was the natural progression from there which was top five movies that we wish had a sequel so yeah. not and, too much to explain besides that but and i know that last week i asked about i asked about well if they've had two movies but if they should have had a third movie could i add that in i specifically went with single movies period um, because, wow, okay. because, and I was like, no, because my whole list is basically, yeah, why the hell not? Um, so <laughs> it's, you. it's basically a, why didn't this be a thing list? Um, yeah. so I, I, I do have one, uh, part three on my list, but the rest are single movie or most of the rest are single movies. So, okay, perfect. Well, my first honorable mention for the night is the movie SWAT. Oh, okay. Um, it's this is <laughs> I don't really SWAT well. It's awesome. it's literally like I liked the movie SWAT, but at the same time, yeah. Why didn't they have a sequel? Yeah. Like it's just by sure. itself. It's just a movie by itself. Like why didn't they have a sequel to that? It just sounds like a no-brainer. <laughs> I mean, you don't even have to have the same cast. Just why didn't they have a SWAT too? Like it just. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the movie did well. That's. Um... That's pretty funny. I, I forgot about SWAT, but that movie is uh, super fun, super action-packed. Uh, yeah, I'd love to see SWAT too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see SWAT too as well. <laughs> um, so, do you have two honorable mentions? I do. Yeah. Sorry, okay, I should have so, I should have specified that I have two honorable mentions. So. Oh no, that's all. That, or that's fine. Um, so I do as well. Um, and the first one I wanted to say was Evil Dead Two. And I'm talking about the sequel to the 2013 Evil Dead movie that we got. Um, the reason I oh want to see, yeah 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 okay. The reason I want to see this sequel is because this movie was a much more brutal and more uh, serious take on the Evil Dead uh, lore compared to when you go back to the Bruce Campbell movies. But I want to see the sequel because they were leading directly into Army of Darkness. So I actually don't know if the sequel was going to be called Evil Dead 2 or if it was just going to be the Army of Darkness but have you seen the the remake of Evil Dead? 
Uh, no, but I just know what you're okay. talking about. I forgot. I almost forgot that they did that. Um, there's a there's a really cool twist at the end because the thing about this movie is you watch it the whole time and they don't have that typical Ash character that you're expecting. Like you're you want to know who the heck is Ash Williams because none of the characters seem to fit the description and. Oh. Uh, when they kind of reveal at the end like who's taking that role, it's a really cool twist, and I really wanted to see where they were going to go with that. So. Oh, all right. And, um, and, and just, I think it's, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Small tagline. Uh, I just really think it'd be cool to see the more, like, realistic, gritty, uh, serious version of, like, the Ar- Army of Darkness world, you know, like the crazy brutal medieval fantasy aspect of it would be cool too yeah a a serious version yep as opposed to the army of darkness we did get because the army of darkness i love but it's not a serious take absolutely (laughs) um (laughs) all right so my next honorable mention is twister oh okay like again what like the movie was the movie's it's not the greatest movie but why in the world did that not get a sequel like in all seriousness, and we have what six Sharknados, and like, um, why in the world did Twister not get a sequel? It just that seems like a no-brainer. So um, that's why it's an honorable mention. I just didn't think it was worth the list. So yeah, or at least um, have like Helen Hunt and uh, I can't remember the male actor's name. But, like, uh, what, what Bill Paxton. Yeah, there you go, Bill Paxton. Like, what are they doing after Twister? Like, maybe they get caught up in some sort of other natural disaster or something right the next movie's hurricane or something but yeah that's a good point it just seems like it just seems like the natural progression from twister like what why wasn't there a twister 2 um so i don't know very very good point yeah um all right so what's your do you have another honorable mention yeah my next one and it's an honorable mention because i think it's going i think it's still going to be made it just hasn't yet and that is uh, Moose Jaws. <laughs> so, you, 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 I, I know you're familiar with this movie, yep. Drew, but this is the third part of uh, Kevin Smith's... Uh, Great White North Trilogy. Great White North, North Trilogy, thank you. Yeah, so the first two movies were Tusk and uh, Yoga Hosers. I actually really love Tusk. I think it's a really fun and funny movie. Yoga Hosers, I'm not as crazy about. Like, I think it's enjoyable enough, but it wasn't exactly what I was expecting. I think it wasn't what Kevin Smith was expecting either. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Moose Jaws, from everything I've heard Kevin Smith uh, talk about it, it sounds awesome. Uh, This is a trilogy of uh, kind of like horror movies that take place in Canada if any of our listeners are unfamiliar and Moose Jaws is basically the story of Jaws but with a moose Um, and spoilers supposedly Jay and Silent Bob actually get involved in the movie so that would be really awesome to see as well. Right, I'm totally down for this, I've been waiting for it so that one hasn't even actually been made and you already want a sequel for it Um. (laughs) Oh no, I I was saying like Moose Jaws is the sequel I want, I'm just pretty sure it's going to be made yeah. Oh, because it's the it's the third part. I got you. Yeah, and it's um, an honorable mention because I'm pretty sure it's happening, but I don't know when. <laughs> so sure, sure. I didn't want to include it in my actual list. All right, so here we are. Um, actual picks for the night, right? Yep. Okay, so my first one is basketball. Oh, okay. Um, I absolutely love basketball. Um, it's like one of the it's like one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. I just I've always I always wanted another one. 
uh, maybe like season, like a second season or so, like, like you got you basically got to see a whole season of that sport. Like, let's see another one. Um, I just really like basketball in general, so I don't know if you have anything or to add to that, like but some sort of inter- international basketball tournament, or they'd have to up the ante somehow. But they definitely I think that'd be really hilarious. They do, and it'd be it's just because it's the South Park guys. Why not? It just sounds awesome. So yes, basketball was my first pick of the night. So okay. Good choice. Um, so my first pick is actually another comedy. Um, I went with Bridesmaids. Um, I think Bridesmaids 2, I think, would be really hilarious. I don't know. The first movie is so popular, I don't understand how they haven't, like, how they don't have a sequel in the works. Yeah, I, I know, right? So many people love that movie. They love the actresses that were in it. Um, and I just think it'd be a lot of fun. I don't necessarily know plot-wise what would happen. Maybe it would just be, maybe it would be Kristen Wiig's uh, wedding that everybody's bridesmaids for, or like another character. But I just think it'd be really fun and really hilarious to uh, revisit that uh, storyline. So yeah, agreed. Um, all right, so my pick, right? Yes. Um, the next one I got is Scott Pilgrim. Like, why in the world is that... That that should have, again, no-brainer. Why is that not a sequel? Um, with the amount of comic books available for them to ex- continue and span off of what was already created, we all want to know what happened to Knives. We all want to know what happened to Ramona. Um, I know that there was that rumor that they might do, a, like, a, a movie now and then see where they all are now in their lives, but we all wanted to know what happened right after that movie. <laughs> like, I want to say that was, like, was that Brie Larson's idea? Uh, maybe I don't know. I, I just I, th- I thought we talked about it recently. Like Brie Larson really wants to do the movie, <laughs> and I don't know if it was her quote or if it was somebody else's. Where they were oh, it was Mary Elizabeth Weinstead, who played oh, who it? played Ramona. Yeah, and I don't look. We've talked nauseum about how much we both love Scott Pilgrim, so we don't have to blow it up anymore. But seriously, why is there not a sequel to that yet? Yeah, it Ed, would be cool to see those characters in their 30s uh, and see where they are. Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. I know you're listening, so please get that done. Um. Yeah, your turn. <laughs> what do you got? Okay, this is one, and I can't remember if this is in the works, but I know we've thought we've talked about fan theories and uh, potential ideas for what this movie would be. Um, and since the Snyder's cut is coming out, I know one of those ideas would no longer be valid. But Fanboys too. Um, I love oh. the first Fanboys movie, and uh, I just love to see those characters again on the screen and see some crazy exploit. Um, I don't, I think, Drew, I think it was your idea that it was going to be the fanboys were trying to steal the Snyder Cut. Right. Was that your No, I saw that on Twitter. Someone put that up on Twitter, and it was literally the most amazing thing I think I'd ever heard, because someone said this should be a thing, and then, like, all the, like, producers were like, I'm on it, I'm on it, I'm on it, I'm on it, and I'm like, then get it done, like, let's see that, because that sounds amazing. Which would be awesome. The thing is, we're now getting the Snyder Cut, so I don't know what it would be. I know, um... I know I heard an idea for Fanboys 2 back in the day where it was going to be the cast trying to sneak onto the set of uh, Attack of the Clones, <laughs> which I think is pretty fun. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I honestly don't care what the plot would be. I just love those characters. I love the first one so much, so I would just love to have more. I know. Yeah, I totally agree. And I didn't even think about Fanboys 2, which kind of bums me out, but I think you'll, I think you'll like the rest of my list. Um, cool. So... All right, so my next one for the evening is the movie Cliffhanger. Oh, 
Um, I always liked Cliffhanger. I, don't know what I was expecting, but I, I always liked Cliffhanger from back in the day. It's such a fun action movie, and in the world of rock climbing and extreme sports and stuff, why wasn't there a second one? Why not? Like they could like not that Stallone needs to make a franchise out of every character he creates, but I always thought Cliffhanger was cool. So let's see another one of those. I think that'd be awesome. Um, I don't have much to say on it other than that sounds awesome. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think um, it would be cool to see like how they could up the ante as far as just like crazy um, just rock climbing stunts they could do and a lot of stuff to really keep you on the edge of your seat. So that one would really be a fun sequel. I, uh, I agree with that one for sure. Um, yeah, so, yeah, and just in the way stunts are done now, I think there could be some real cool really cool stuff but alright man what do you got okay so I'm okay I'm gonna go with this one this is actually the one that made me kind of think of the list idea in general and that is uh, Hellboy 3 like I oh this is your number 3 huh this is your number 3 and uh, Moose Jaws is technically a number 3 as well (laughs) but uh, um, I want to see Guillermo del Toro's third movie that he wa- he wanted to make because Hellboy 2 it was great but it does kind of leave room for more at the end like it does kind of show that there's more to the story to be told I love those first two movies I think Rob Perlman killed it as the character I just think it'd be awesome to see the third you know the third one of these so um yeah no and I don't uh, and you want the Ron Perlman Hellboy have you seen the David Har- Har- Harbor? I, I haven't seen. I haven't Ever seen the David Harbor one. I've heard. I've heard kind of bad bad reviews on it so far, so I'm a little bit scared to actually sit down and watch that one. But uh, I still know that it's the Guillermo del Toro universe that I want, and the Rob Perlman Hellboy that I actually want. <laughs> so. <laughs> right. Right. Um, all right. Perfect. Hellboy three. Um, ooh, I don't actually have to. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. I don't have to put Hellboy three down on the spreadsheet because you want a sequel to it. <laughs> um, all right. So my final two picks of the night. I think. Um, I think you're gonna like these two picks. So my second to last one is the Three Musketeers, the Disney Three Musketeers. Okay. Like it's and not the second one. So. Well, this is my this is my thinking. I I loved that Disney Three Musketeers movie. So yeah. in thinking about what they did with the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, why could they have not done that with that franchise? Yeah. Like if you look at the if you look at the source material, uh, Three Musketeers, and then roll it rolls right into the Man in the Iron Mask. Um, there was there's source material there, but you could have totally pirated that out. Yeah, absolutely. So I just, and and it's, and like the sword fighting would have just gotten better and better as the stunts gotten better and stuff like that. So I would have just loved another one of those. Um, I still like that movie. It makes me kind of like, when I thought about it for this list, I was like, Ooh, I want to sit down and watch three Musketeers again. Um, so yeah. Yeah. That, that movie's awesome. It's one of my favorites of all time. And, uh, that's a really good choice. I never thought of like, why didn't they ever do a sequel to that? But Seeing the man on the iron mask in that universe would be cool, but like you said, they could have pirates that out and uh, even spaced it out more and shown a lot more adventures with that character, with those characters. That would be really fun. I think that iteration of 
the Three Musketeers, like the group had such a good uh, dynamic and stuff. So I would love, I would love to have seen that. That's a great choice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that brings you to your number four. Yes, and or this your one number is, two, I guess, if you want to really, you know. This is one of the few that I thought we might match on, and I, I don't know if, for some reason, I don't know if this is potentially happening. So I kind of worried about putting it on my list, but I went with Willow. Oh, that's that is exactly that was my final pick of the night too. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so sometimes I save uh, picks just to see if we're gonna match on them, but that's awesome. I was saving um, it for the end because I freaking love this movie, and in all seriousness, come on, why was there not a second Willow? <laughs> yeah, and for, why do I feel like I thought I heard like a news story about this like a long time ago? Um, maybe I'm. Well, there is a trilogy. There is a trilogy of novels that continues where the movie leaves off. Actually, yeah. it jumps ahead to when Laura Dannon's thirteen years old. So, it, like, it starts her thirteenth birthday, and Willow is going to uh, the castle to see her for her thirteenth birthday. Um, that's how it starts. Um, but uh, and then it's three novels that expound from there. Um, I read the first one. I haven't gone any farther than that. Um, it just, I just didn't feel like that book had enough, it didn't flow as well, it didn't flow at the same pacing as, um, the movie did, but I love that movie, and it just, they should have made more, so. Yeah, well, that's, like, what I was gonna say, is, like, what you're saying about the books, is that, like, there is this, uh, there is a source material they could go to, but I think, um, when you go back to a lot of those, like, like older like 80s fantasy movies i think willow ages like it holds up so much better than some of the other ones and it was such like a cool story that had like it felt so real and like you were saying it it did have like that really cool like john williams sort of like flow to it and the way the scenes flow in together and stuff like i know it was directed by ron howard but he did a lot of that sort of um I don't know, like, you know in Star Wars when they transition from scene to scene and they do kind of, like, these, like, screen wipes where, like, you know what I mean? Where it's, like, you yeah. see, like, the screen wipe into the next scene. I know there's a little bit of that in Willow. And for that sort of, like, fantasy storytelling, I feel like that works really well and, like, adds to just the whole flow of the movie and the story. Um, I'm kind of just gushing over Willow's uh, cinematography right now, but... I just think I just think that world is so cool, and I would love to see more stories in it. Whether they went with the source material, like the books, like the novel series you were talking about, or if they went just with the, you know, something completely different, it would just be really cool to see. Um. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, that's my list because you totally grabbed. And I was honestly thinking to myself when I chose Willow for my list, I was like, he's not gonna pick it, and it's gonna be one of those like shocking <laughs> moments, like, oh, I didn't think about that, and you know. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, um, so my last one, I actually went with the one that you joked about last week, which is uh, Man of Steel two. Oh <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and I feel weird picking that because. In my opinion, Batman v Superman technically is Man of Steel 2, but I would still love to see a like a proper DCEU Superman solo movie where it's just about him and uh, maybe one of his other um, famous rogues that we haven't seen in live action before. Um, I love Henry Cavill's uh, portrayal of the character. I love the sort of like 
Snyderverse uh, version of that character, so I just want more of it. So, and I thought this uh, choice of mine might have gotten ruined from uh, the DC fandom stuff, but as far as I know, they still haven't announced Man of Steel too. So, come on, guys, let's make it. Yeah, right. Um, I, I don't have too much specifically to say on that one, though. I just want more, <laughs> more Man of Steel, basically. Um, I agree, and um, I, I think we all just want Man of Steel 2, period. Absolutely. So, yeah, let's just get us some more Man... Let's just get Man of Steel 2. So, yeah. I knew this list was going to go quick, because it was literally like, hey, this is all the stuff that we want. <laughs> yeah. So, it, was a good, it was a good week for a quick list, though, I think. Um, so, you want to know what we're going to do next week? Yeah, yeah, what are we doing? Okay, so I was thinking about this, and I was like, wow, we haven't done this yet. I'm surprised. Um, I'm a really big fan of, like, Mission Impossible, so we're going to do spy thrillers. Okay. Um, so any, like, and that doesn't have to be thrillers, so if you find a, if there's a comedy that's a spy comedy, for example, um, that's totally fine, too. I just, spy movies is what went through my head. I'm like, let's do stuff with espionage and specifically focus on that, so. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's just, I realize we haven't done that yet, and I'm like, how have we not done spy movies? So, um... Let's take a look at that. And I and I thought of it when I was changing the ringtone on my phone to the Mission Impossible theme song. So <laughs> I cha- I changed the backgrounds on my phone, like the lock screen and the home screen and the ringtone constantly. I'll get bored with it and I'll be like I got to change this. And it's like every couple months I'm changing like those three things. <laughs> I'm the opposite where that's too much to work. <laughs> I'm the kind of guy who sets it, I'm like, alright, this is what I have for the next five years. <laughs> well, I'm just like, ooh, like, well, the problem is, is, like, I'll see, like, a cool artwork of, like, Batman on, like, Instagram, yeah. like, ooh, that's gonna be my wallpaper for a little while, or something, you know what I mean? I, I'm constantly seeing cool stuff. Um, yeah, anyway. That's funny. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're doing next week, we're gonna do spy thrillers, wow. and hopefully DC fandom is gonna, like, push us into the brink of, like, oh, all this other cool stuff's gonna pop up, and we're gonna have more news and expound on things. Um, so do us all a favor, um, check us out on our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the links to our email, top5report at gmail.com. Um, you can interact with the show there, hit us up on our social media, either way works. Um, we are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe to us because if you do, you will not miss a single episode. Um, and you can leave us a review, which we love the five stars, but we also understand criticism because it makes us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. Uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter? Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I will be sharing my movie sequel fan script, Benjamin Unbuttoned, Back from the Dead, and... Well, he's not really that threatening because he's a baby now, so. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was a. You watch Parks and Rec, right? <laughs> that's, oh. That, I feel well, like that's I a. I watch Parks and Rec, but I don't know what you're getting. That's at. a very Leslie Nope kind of a way of. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's been a long episode. Sorry to keep you guys as long as we did, but I hope you enjoyed all of our DC Phantom Breakdown. Um, and then we will all see you next week. Uh, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, everybody.